A very good morning on behalf of Teach 613. We welcome you to take 10 for Talmud. Chagiga Yiralev, Chagiga 11a, pagination page 21. Towards the middle of the page, there's two dots setting off the word dinin, judgments, financial law, on the line. So our Mishnah told us on the previous page that there are a number of things, among them dinim, judgments of a financial matter, which are yesh lohen yismochu. There's what to lean on. In other words, there's Torah Shebechsav, the written law, which is notes on the greater body of Torah. And there's Torah Shebaalpeh, the oral law, which tells us how it should be implemented. We gave examples. You have uh, mitzvah to wear tefillin, but there's no picture of tefillin in the Torah. But from oral tradition, Moshe was shown what tefillin should look like, and he in turn imparted that to the Jewish people, and that's called oral law. Likewise, we have a mitzvah to shecht an animal, ka'asher har bahar, the way you were shown at the mountain. There's no picture of how to do shechita, the how-to guide in Torah Shabbat Sav, in written law. It's understood, if you want to keep the written law, that you have to come to the lecture and you have to hear how it is done. And we mentioned the classic analogy of a cooking recipe book which says, add a dash of pepper, and you have to know what a dash is, otherwise you're really clueless in trying to implement the recipe. So the Mishnah told us, there's what to rely on, but it's still enigmatic. And the Gemara therefore poses the question, <laughs> financial matters, there's a lot written on that, and that reaches a point of normal balance between Torah Shabbat and Torah Shabbat and we don't know what this Mishnah means to say that Dinan is unusual, that there's really not a lot written. We were expecting more, and it's a little bit of a bridge to try to get all the way to the way it's actually supposed to be observed, because written law is very sparse on the topic. Written law is not sparse on the topic when it comes to financial stuff. Lo Nitzrucha, the Gemara answers, It's talking about a specific case that Rebbe taught us, Detanya, Rebbe Omer, Nefesh, Tachas, Nefesh, Mamon. When it says, a life for a life, it's referring to a financial payment and not a death penalty. The case over here, which is very important to appreciate in the context of the Chumash, is in Pashas Mishpatim, that's Chumash Shemos, Perik Chof Aleph, Pasuk Chof Beis, followed by Chof Gimel, followed by Chof Dalid, as we will see. So in Pasuk Chof Beis it says, Ki Yinatsu Anash, and people were fighting, and they struck a woman who was pregnant, and she miscarried as a result. She didn't die, but the fetus was killed. So the Pasuk says, Anoshe Anesh, they should be punished. He shall give it through the judges. That's how much he should give. Vinasan, he should give 
Biflilim, through judges. That's Pasuk Aleph, and that teaches us that aborting the fetus through this negligence, they were fighting, they were rowdy, they accidentally hit her, so that causes liability, but it's a financial liability. It's paid based on the assessment of judges. Vim Ason the next Pasuk says, and if there will be a tragedy that the mother will actually die as a result. So the Pasuk says, Venasata, and you should give Nefesh Tachas Nefesh. A life for a life. Says Rebbe, when it says Venasata, you should give, it's directly linked to the previous Pasuk of Venasan, when people give, and when you give, it's called giving money. It's not giving a life for a life. This venasata means to give a life for a life, meaning a redemption money for killing her by accident. We do not Im impose the death penalty if it was an unintentional, unintentional murder, and therefore it's only a payment of money. It's the money, the value, the redemption money, based on how much the woman was worth had she been on the slave market. In other words, what's the price of a human being? That's the amount of redemption money. It's not 18 cents. It's not kaparas here. It's a more significant sum. But at the end of the day, it's not what a human being is worth. It's the only way we can assess a redemption amount. A human being is priceless. But the redemption amount would be the amount on the slave market. The Pasik incidentally continues and says, Ayin tachas ayin, an eye for an eye, as if the Torah standard is indeed an eye for an eye, that you'd knock out the person's eye if he knocked someone else's out, and that's not the halacha. We do not take such retribution. And on the contrary, this Pasuk is a continuation of this Limud that we see in our Gemara, which is Vinasata, and you should give Nefesh Tachas Nefesh a life for a life, a redemption amount of life to replace the life that was taken. Likewise, is going to be Ayin Tachas Ayin. There's going to be a redemption amount if someone inflicted such damage on somebody else. We'll get back to that in a moment, hopefully. So in any case, Rebbe Omer, Nefesh Tachas Nefesh, means mamon. It means money. Ata Omer mamon o eno ela nefesh mamish. Maybe it means truly a life for a life. And he explains, Nemr Nesina Lamata, Venemr Nesina Lamayla. The very adjoining Pasuk also uses the wording of giving, just like over there, by the abortion of the fetus through negligence, it's going to be a financial payment. Afkan Mamon, here also, if the woman dies through their negligence, but it wasn't an intentional murder, so it's not going to be capital offense to kill the murderer, but rather a redemption amount is placed upon him. Now, I want to mention a fascinating statement from the Vilna Gaon 
on the expression ayin tachas ayin. The gra says that there's actually a hidden message over here in the words ayin tachas ayin, and from there the rest of the pasuk uses the same expression. But when it comes to ayin tachas ayin, we should take it in a fascinating. I don't know if the word is literal or poetic sense, but if you line up the letters of the Aleph Bays, one underneath the other, meaning starting with Aleph and then underneath it place Bays, you will find that if you take the next letter, the letter underneath Ayin, which is literally the translation of Tachas, Ayin, Tachas, Ayin, the underneath of the letters Ayin Yud Nun, you will find that it spells out Kesef, which means money. The letter after Ayin is Pei, the letter after Yud is Chaf, and the letter after Nun is Samach. It spells out Kesef, and the Gros says that you actually have a mnemonic device, if you will, or a hidden code over here that Ayin Tachas Ayin is taken on two levels. It's on the level of some sort of redemption, because that's what we're taught. Vinosan, giving, is not literal, but rather money-type giving, not Nefesh Tachas Nefesh, literally. But also, Ayin Tachas Ayin, the letters that are underneath Ayin tell you what type of payment is going to be done here, what kind of retribution is going to be done, it's going to be done, what's going to be done is the underneath ayin, ayin tachas ayin, meaning kesef, money, because those are the very next letters. Yeshe thank you for joining.